You are listening to the Married 2.0 Podcast, Episode 13. Welcome to Married 2.0. I'm your host, Amy Sanders. I'm a fitness and wellness pro, mom, stepmom, second wife, and master certified life coach. I'm here to help you manage your emotions, your relationships, and life so you can live a healthier, happier life. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here. And we're talking about something that is challenging. And I know a lot of people struggle with it. So I have Robin Steppens here. I'm going to introduce her. She is a pro in so many things. I have no idea how she keeps everything together because she does a lot. So I want to tell you everything she does and what we're going to talk about because I'm so excited for this, um, for the session today. So What we're going to talk about is the difference between challenging relationships and narcissistic ones and what you can do to keep yourself safe. And even if you have to make some adjustments in your life, what you can do uh, to be healthier that way. But Robin is a total pro. She's a health coach. She's been a nurse for over a decade and she's been in the healthcare industry for over 30 years. That's so long. I don't even know how that's possible because she looks like she's 25. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously she's taking really good care of herself. Uh, she has a podcast called Medicine Girl and she also runs Purify Within as well as these retreats. They're called Wild Sky Retreats. And even like NFL football players come to these things. So Guys, she's a big deal. She's a big deal. And we're lucky to have her and her time. So Robin, let's get into this. It's a really heavy, but seriously needed topic. It it is, Amy. And thank you so much for having me. And I am so grateful for knowing you and connecting with you. Absolutely feel like we're sisters from another time. We're soul sisters for sure. We are definitely soul <laughs> sisters. And this topic, and, and also I believe I'm 52 years old and I was in this toxic relationship with a narcissistic sociopath for almost six or seven years. And I could see a definite difference in the mirror. Like it was stealing my soul. I think we talked about that earlier. Like this is not healthy. And I didn't know how to get out of it because I was tractor beamed into it. The resistance was futile. And I I think people that can, that know the difference now between a narcissistic relationship and a challenging one can tell like you are tractor beamed into this relationship and you don't know how to get out. So that would be the first sign that it is not challenging. When you say track tractor beamed, Can you explain that just a little bit for people who are like, what does that mean? I don't know. Is that me? When you are tractor beamed, it is like you are in a similar pattern of an addictive relationship with alcohol, with food. You have an eating disorder or you're an alcoholic. Um, and, And those are very kind of fiery words as well. It's if you have a problem with it and you can't stop doing it no matter how much you try, no matter how much you negotiate with yourself, you're still in it. So you're in a relationship with someone and the tractor beam means kind of like, um, what is it? Han Solo uh, when the Millennium Falcon, when he's going to the Death Star, it's like, you're in a tractor beam. You got to shut your power down 
and you're just going to have to do your best. It's you're in it because of some wounding and some trauma from the past that is is meant to heal, be healed and get out of your body. So the best thing you can do is to allow what's coming up so that you know, like, okay, this is what this is. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to shame myself, but I, I am powerless right now to get out of this relationship. And that doesn't mean you're powerless, like you just acquiesce and give up. It means right now in this moment, you need some other piece of information or modality or help to come in to get you out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So that that would be one big sign that you are in a toxic or narcissistic relationship with it. Some people call it narcissistic, energy vampire, sociopath, psychopaths, very similar patterns. And it doesn't really matter the label. You don't have to get someone diagnosed and you don't have to prove it. Only you know, this is not serving your highest self. I think that's probably the easiest way to differentiate. This is not serving my highest self. They're not triggering old patterns and in a loving way saying, hey, I, I noticed Robin, you got really triggered there. Do you want to sit and talk about it? That's not what we're talking about. Or, hey, Robin, um, I really enjoy this relationship, but I would like to see other women and have a, and open this up. That's not narcissistic. That's an honest, wonderful, beautiful conversation with two adults that are being honest. The narcissism is um, very manipulative. There's what we call gaslighting so that you are the problem. Somehow you were the reason that they were abusive or aggressive or um, whatever, or, or cheating. You were cold, you, were, um, you weren't available that kind of thing, they make it about you. Somehow you're the the reason for it. And it's done in a very subtle way. Like I, I noticed that a lot of nurses, fellow nurses are in this relationship. Interesting. And Why do you think Because that? we're we're givers. Right. We, we And it's like no one left behind. Yes, of course, I'll give you a second chance. Yes, you were wounded. You were abused. You were traumatized in childhood. You know, they use all these stories too because they know that we'll we have that bleeding heart. It's like, oh my gosh, this poor person. But then I, what was a light bulb moment for me was, well, I had trauma in childhood, but I don't use it as an excuse to harm another person intentionally. That's the difference. Do you feel like they know that they're doing that? I did not want to believe that for so long. And like, they just can't, Nobody could be this dark. Nobody could have this calculated. They absolutely know what they're doing and it is absolutely planned and calculated and practiced. Yes, they do know. So you believe they do know. See, it, I sh I'm just going to say this. Guys, this is a heavy topic, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is for multiple reasons. The reason why I'm bringing it up is for multiple reasons. <laughs> Let me tell you. Sometimes I say the same thing over and over. Um, I've experienced this too. So her and I have a lot of similarities. We have a lot of common ground. We love uh, natural things. We love healing, wellness. And then we also have been in these abusive relationships, but you do feel like you're stuck. And I, I've talked to Robin already 
before we started recording about the word narcissism, I actually don't like the word because people will be like, oh, they were selfish. They're narcissists. It's like, no, <laughs> just because someone was doing something that wasn't in alignment with what you wanted doesn't mean that they're narcissists. Because if you have been in those relationships, they are, like Robin said, super dark. They are, they're life sucking, but you don't even realize it for the first little bit. You just feel like you're at all. And I think that's important to, to distinguish because, um, I kind of the analogy that I use with, with women and, and men that I work with is that it's like when, if you were at the event horizon of a black hole, you don't blow up. It's not this big circumstance. It's just, you slowly fade away. Mm. It's imperceptible. You wouldn't notice the person is fading away until after, you know, a certain amount of time has passed. And that's a similar what happens in these relationships, you're slowly losing yourself to try and make this other person happy, to walk on eggshells, to not create the drama and the, the trauma that they're using as a weapon. So what does some of the like walking on eggshells look like? Like, how does that feel? Or what do you, did you experience when you were going through that? For, for when I would experience it, he was, um, and, and most of this type of personality are very charismatic. They're, they can sometimes be pillars of the community. Their outside persona is just wonderful. You wish that was them. And so that's kind of where you get hooked in. That initial, they call it love bombing. You are the center of their world. They, they can kind of intuit what it is that you're looking for and become that person. And it is amazing. It's everything that you wanted. Um, they future fake. So I wanted a bigger family. I have one son and I always wanted more kids. And it was this future faking of, hey, you know, we're going to create this family together with his two sons. And, and that's this warm bubble that you get in. And then as, then I would call it kind of the, the neutral phase. So it's like, things aren't quite so honeymoon, but that's normal. You can't, you know, you can't always be in the honeymoon phase. And then we would start to tick. I could almost hear the clock ticking before the next blow up. And I would try to stave that off with walking on eggshells, being extra nice, Finally, seeing signs that he might be cheating, but I'm not going to say anything because then that would create a blow up. I would, you know, I need to know for sure. Um, so I wouldn't say anything. Or if he was grumpy and grouchy, you know, I, I'm the clown. I'm trying to cheer everyone up and make everything happy. And because I know they're looking for a reason to blow up and it doesn't even really need to be a big one. And you're trying to not have it happen, even though they're wanting it to happen. Yeah. Did you feel like you were like, I called it the cycle where, you know, things would blow up and then you'd feel normal. And then maybe you would even feel loved and you're like, okay, maybe we're doing better. We're doing better. And then it would just, it was like it's the same cycle. Yeah. And it, I could almost set my watch to it. It was, you know, kind of what I just described. It was the first love bomb. And then the, as the years progressed, the love bomb period got shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, and the neutral period became relatively the same. And then 
that ticking up before the next blow up trauma and each one subsequent trauma or blow up got worse and worse and worse. So how do you, how do you recognize if you're in it and what can you do? Well, let's just start with that question. If, if the difference between something that is kind of what we talked about toxic and challenging, challenging is this person is open. They're willing to sit down and talk to you. They're not stonewalling. They're not, they're not creating a chasm between you and a conversation. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine. If, if you guys have, you know, you're both triggered. It do, you don't need to sit there and have a long drawn out conversation when you're triggered. It probably won't be productive. So you can say, Hey, I'm really triggered right now. Anything out of my mouth is not going to be productive. What do you say we reconvene tomorrow morning and we can just sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about this. Whereas the toxic narcissistic relationship would be the stonewalling. You're, they're not talking to you. They just disappear, disappear for a few days. It's not, you're not held in any kind of value as you would be in a challenging relationship. Um, and I think all relationships are challenging to some extent, but you're not seen, you're not valued and you're not respected. Mm-hmm. That would be that the first. Huge. Yeah. Because I mean, relationships are built on respect and trust. Yes. Trust probably being first. But when you're not valued, and then um, a lot of these relationships, Robin already hit on cheating. A lot of these people do cheat, not all of them, but a lot of them do, and or they break trust in other ways. And so the respect and the trust start to start to decrease. Yeah, and I think the most damaging is we get this intuition this message from our soul that, hey, something's not right. In a challenging relationship, you can go to the person and say, here's what I'm feeling. And it's held in regard and and the discussion can be had. In a narcissistic relationship, you're made to feel like something's wrong with you. You're insecure. There's, you've been, you're damaged. You have too much baggage. Like what is wrong with you that you would even think that I would be cheating? That's the difference. That's the difference. I just thought it was like good to know that because, you know, people, people don't know. They're like, well, how bad is this really? Yes. I remember being in it and I was talking to a friend and at the time, um, the narcissist that I was with, he was cheating and I had found out there was all this other stuff too, that, you know, I didn't feel like I could leave. I didn't have evidence. He was making me feel crazy. And I was like, am I crazy? Another one. You know, you just, you just feels like you're so crazy. And, um, it was, I had finally found out that yes, he's cheating and he was cheating with multiple women actually at the time. I don't even know how he did it. There was five me plus wow. four and, uh, not just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It was like relationships. Yes. Like, I wonder why he's so busy. But when I found out it was relieving, but also now I'm looking at, like, okay, we have children together, you know, it's scary. He was like, what do I do? Um, do I really break this up? Can I make this work? Um, he says he loves me, you know, so all this stuff was going on. So I was on the phone with my friend and she said, Amy, it's bad. 
like your relationship is not good. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I mean, I, I know, you know, I'm still trying to justify it. And she yeah. said, look, there's going to come a day where you are out of this and you're going to start to see how bad it really was, but you're not going to see that now. Yes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yes. And, and that holds true. That holds true for me is I was like, wow, I put up with a lot more than I ever thought because I just kind of thought it was normal because I was just in it. And that was our, that was our relationship, our day to day. I didn't love it. I felt crazy. I don't know. Yes. No. And I, I think that's, that's important to distinguish is that you start to feel crazy and, and they're very good at that. And, and, you know, mine was cheating with multiple women and I, I, I had that intuition and we didn't have dreams about specifically these women. And I would ask him about it and what the problem was. I went to the abuser to ask him for the truth. I asked, I went to the person who was lying to me to tell me the truth. I already knew the truth. That was where the damage came in is I knew my heart knew, and I didn't listen. I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to my gut instincts. I tried to contort myself to be in that relationship to believe what he was saying, because that was what I wanted to hear at the time. That is what I have, to. I was abused and, you know, it was a one-time thing and I don't even know what I was doing and I feel so horrible and, and stupid and all these things, you know? So you're like, okay, if, what if I had done that? What if somebody forgave me like this? This is how they get us to keep repeating the cycle. And, and I didn't have that much empathy for women that kept going back or men that kept going back to these abusive relationships because I didn't understand it mm-hmm. until I was in one. Mm-hmm. And so it is like you are doing your best to get out or, or to see the truth or to, to finally tap into your intuition. But it's mm-hmm. until you feel worthy and you've hit the bedrock of your self-love, unconditional self-love for yourself. You don't need anything outside external to fulfill you, then you're able to see more clearly what this is. So how do you get there? Like, how did you get there? How did you recognize it and move forward? Well, um, this is hard to talk about, but I have, he's 14 now. My son, when I started the relationship was seven. Um, and I fortunately never lived with this person and we were how would have breakups longer than we were together. But it was when I saw what my son was seeing that I knew like whatever it takes, I will repair. I, at the time I was like, I'm going to fix myself. I'm broken. You're not broken. If you're in this relationship, please know that you are not broken. There is nothing wrong with you. It is just, there has been some trauma that was created in, in your formative years that they are just pointing out. And so you do need help. You, the, I think the number one, one thing is when you see this, like I saw it through my son's eyes, you know, like something isn't quite right here. And this seems very off the books. Um, the Narcissist Playbook by Dana Morningstar, I think is really 
great because she doesn't she doesn't create more of the victimhood mm-hmm. that some of them do. Um, it's just pointing it out like this is what it is. And you're like, oh, my God, had I known that earlier, Amy, and read those books earlier, I wouldn't have taken so long because once you see it, you see it. And there's no unseeing it. There's no going back into the box. Yeah, it's still so it's hard for me. I saw it. So this is why I hate the word narcissism. It's very overused. And I learned about it a decade before it became popular Mm -hmm. through a therapist. And she said, look, this is what's going on. And she's like, you need to make a decision if you can take this forever because we were married, we did have children. She's like, we can learn, we can teach you coping skills, but you need to make a decision whether you're in this or you're not, because he will not change. They do not change. They don't change. I, I, that we should just make that distinction too, uh, because they, they do make such a good case for changing and you so want them to change because if, that love bomb phase, if they could just be this person that they pretend to be for that phase, you're like, this would be amazing. This is my perfect partner. They're not, they're faking it. It's, it's an act and they don't change. The recidivism rate is zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember feeling like I was just always the bottom of the totem pole on his list of importance. Yes. But she told me that, and that was still a couple years. No, I would say that's probably a good four years. That was before I knew about Chena. That was before I knew a lot of other things, but I just was holding on to that, that he could be different and that the yeah. love bombing phase that, okay, he's there. Oh, look at the way he's treating yes. us. Yes. In him. It's in him. I see it. Yes. He's him so kind. If he could do that to me, Yes. Maybe if we go on a trip, I remember thinking, okay, every time we're on a trip, he actually is nicer. Or if we're on a double date, he's nicer. And do you see right there, right there is, is the difference you're negotiating Mm -hmm. with yourself, with your soul. Like, well, maybe if I, if you say those words in a relationship, it is not a healthy relationship. It is not a good relationship. Well, maybe if I just, and then fill in the blank, but what you're saying is maybe if I just contort myself and, and create a facade and I force myself into this box and I can be in this relationship that's not healthy. That's not what we're, what we're here on this planet to do. Yeah. Relationships are supportive and loving and kind and create this feeling of like, I want to be better. Like you're inspiring me to be a better person. You're not putting me down so that I feel insecure and that I'm, I'm trying to like scramble and, and create some kind of sanity within this relationship because that's not possible. And that's, that's where I want to go next with this is that we don't have to, you know, we're part of the summit. People are watching the summit because they want change. They want to know how to be better within their own lives. And I got out, you got out, we recognized it for what it was. Sometimes it's hard to get out, but that's okay. Like it takes time to get out. That's okay. Yes. But you can have beautiful relationships. So you got out. How did you heal? What were your steps moving forward? Number one was seek all of the information that I could, but not to get stuck there. So however long that takes to data collect, two months, three months, that's it. You have to know it's finite. 
you can't stay stuck there because I know a lot of um, my friends that have been in these relationships are stuck there trying to prove this person is a narcissist or that it it's that's them. You've got to take them out of the the equation. Now it's about you. What in me fell prey to this relationship? For me, I didn't feel worthy. I had issues growing up with a narcissistic father and a narcissistic mother. And so that was my familiar. Chaos was my familiar. This just felt so familiar. Of course, this is just how things go. And until I really had that awareness, I was recreating it. And I knew if I got in another relationship after him without repairing any of this, I would have picked another one, you know, that were very susceptible to that. So finding out what they saw and then now I'm feeding that from within. So for me, it was worthiness. How do you feed worthiness? It's just that self-awareness that I am worthy just because I'm breathing and finding the bedrock. I call it the bedrock of unconditional self-love. So anything that you're wanting in a partnership or a relationship, you're giving that to yourself. I love that. I love that. It's like, a pretty simple concept. Yeah. And it was for me, it was, I would, I asked the question, what is the kindest thing I can do for myself in this moment? And, and that's a heart question, a soul question, a brain question would be, well, go get a quart of ice cream. <laughs> that that's not kind. That's not kind. That's just solving a wound, fixing a feeling, creating a feeling. This would be like, I want to go take my shoes off and hike in the redwoods that would be what would come up. Or I want to take a hot bath and turn my phone off for two hours. Or I want to get, I got a weighted blanket. A lot of times that can be really soothing for those of us with, with this type of trauma that are attracted to these relationships. A lot of times too, it's untreated PTSD. Mm. Because that is chaos. These relationships are chaotic. PTSD is is a damaged cycle in the brain and this relationship can mirror that very easily so it's like oh there we go that's my familiar mm -hmm. so going to that place i really do love that you said i got to feed that area that was allowing that type of relationship yeah to me i got to feed that area like I, I love that because i've never even heard of it makes sense and I feel like I've done that as I've moved forward and healed, but I haven't heard it put that way. And because anytime, and, and, and this is, you know, so then when you're going into another relationship, you're not a hungry ghost seeking something to fill that void from within. You're filling it and you're feeding it from your soul. You're, you're creating that bedrock. So that you're never going to be seeking, 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 seeking is how they get to you. I'm seeking a family. I'm seeking that feeling of worthiness. I'm seeking fill in the blank. Make someone, someone else needs to make me feel good in this way. Yeah. Well, that person's doing it. So I guess I'll be with that person. And keep in mind, keep in mind, we are inundated with that from the time we are babies with Disney movies and all of these children's stories. Like it's, it's all about finding your Prince Charming, the knight in shining armor on his horse, riding in to save you. That that's not how these relationships work. That's not how we work. We create 
And everything that we need is from within everything. And then the partnership is just kind of like it's gravy. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But it's just, it's not fulfilling the soul's purpose or the soul's light that is just created from within it. And it's simply remembering that that is, is there. I think that's a very important point to drive home too, is we are in control of our own happiness. It's up to us, right? We can fill in those gaps that we think are there. You know, we can make ourselves feel whole, but those relationships just are amazing. I've been able to remarry since my, uh, since my previous relationship and there is such a difference and I want to give everyone hope because guess what? You can, you can have the happiest relationship ever, like ever. There is always hard things in every relationship. Nothing is perfect, but in perfectly beautiful, anybody can have. And that's what I have now. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I stayed in that place for so long when this was here for me, you know? So, yes. And that is, that is it. And And I found that within myself Mm -hmm. and I had, you know, other opportunities, but I was able to say in that moment, like, no, this isn't in alignment with, with what I want in a relationship and there's no shame or there's no, like, um, I'm an old maid because I'm not partnering. I'm choosing not to partner in this moment Mm -hmm. because right now it is this really amazing connection with myself. And remembering my soul and remembering my heart, all of those beautiful things that that we have in our essence that we came in with. Right. And it's a choice. You know, you don't have to make a relationship work. I remember I used to think that I just got to make it work. I just got to make it work. I'm like, relationships can just work. (laughs) You know, and I had this conversation with my my friend last night and we're talking about how swimming upstream nothing in nature swims upstream the only thing that does is the salmon and they do it because it's like the end of their life cycle and they go to die and lay their eggs but everything else is it's downstream and yeah you might hit a little turbulence here and there and there might be some rough waters but but it's not a struggle it's not i'm going to make this work i'm going to paddle upstream. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's the downstream flow. It's a flow. And then as, because now as you're flowing, you have the energy to handle the rapids. You have the energy to handle any kind of turbulence in the water. If you're, if you're going upstream, like you're just exhausted all the time. You're depleted. You have so many good little nuggets, so many good analogies. I feel so honored to have you. Thank you. Your education and all of your background and all your experience. It's been such a great conversation. So wrapping up, uh, Robin has a freebie that she'd love to give away. Uh, Do you want to explain what that is? So I do. I do the wellness coaching. Um, I call it soul coaching. Um, It could be health coaching, but um, if you've purchased a three pack, I give 25% off of that. And I also always have free consultations to see if we're a good fit. Not everybody is. I, if you're looking to improve your health or lose weight or anything like that, I say that's about the food and um, exercise is about 
five to 10%. The rest is like figuring out how we got to that place in the, in the first place. So that's where my coaching style is. It's like, let's get to the root and release those roots so that we're not then, you know, pushing that, that ball under the water and just having it pop up somewhere else. It's like you, you heal the root and then you can live your life optimized. Robin, you have fed us so much awesome material that people can implement right now in their lives. And I just feel honored that you have shared everything you have with us. And so in closing, is there anything that you want to give them any like one thing with moving forward that you would want to share as we wrap up? Well, first, I wanted to say thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to share um, because this is near and dear to my heart. And I would like to just leave everyone with there is absolutely 100% chance of recovering and just have faith and keep moving forward and find someone or something or some resource that resonates with your heart and always, always trust your heart. Thank you for that. With that, I think this is a wrap, guys. So we will see you or you will be able to listen to in on another podcast. But with that, we will see you later. Thanks so much, Robin. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure you are subscribed to my weekly newsletter and Facebook group so you don't miss anything. Find both on my website at luckysanders.com.